This week we went to, uh, our staff had a, the privilege of going to a uh, leadership summit, and it's put on by uh, Willow Creek. It is a great, uh, great two days of amazing speakers. The one thing I was going to share with you, there's, there's a number of things, but uh, just so you know, the, a regular church attender lives 7.7 years longer than anybody else. That's exciting, isn't it? So, uh, hey, you get, you get a little extra life, and you come, and, and uh, he had some interesting statistics around that. So if you know, you're not a regular attender, you want to add a little years to your life, keep coming, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Okay? I like that. There's another guy that was great. He was, uh, <clears throat> he was one of the ones that, that impressed me. He decided to find out, and I won't go long, find out about being rejected. And so he, he, was kinda, he thought about his life, and he had all these rejections. So he found a website. Somebody talked about... 40 days of rejection, so he decided to do 100 days of rejection, and he wrote down all this list of ways that he was going to be rejected by people, and he wanted to kind of, he thought it was going to just really discourage him, and he found out something a little later, but the funniest thing was, he put absolute things that he thought were going to be rejected, I'll give you a couple, and, and his, his website is called dareme.com, and his name is Jai Jang, and he's really an interesting guy, um, he could be a stand-up comedian, he was that funny, but he went to a guy's house, very wealthy neighborhood, had a soccer ball under his arm and knocked on the door and said, hey, is there any way I could play soccer in your backyard? He's got a little subtitle under there going, there's no way. This guy's going to reject me. The guy looked at him and said, you know what? I've never heard anything like that before. Come on in. So he said, here's this 30-year-old Korean guy in the backyard with a soccer ball kicking around. He said, I don't really know how to play soccer, but he had to do it because he, he told him that was one of the deals. He had a lot, a lot of good ones. Um, <clears throat> he has a video on his site. I saw it. It's, he asked a girl at Krispy Kreme's to make the five Olympic rings and connect them together. Again, connect them. He knows that they make the donuts ahead of time, and, and it was really, it's a great one. And then another one was he had no pilot's license. He decided to go to a private airfield, and he went to this guy's office and knocked on the door and said, hey, can I fly a plane? And the guy said, do you have a license? He goes, nope. And the guy goes, okay. <laughs> and again, if you read the subtitle, he's going, there's no way he's going to let me fly this plane. He's going to say no. And, and his point, and, and he speaks for corporations and talks about how uh, through the rejection, you learn that not everybody's out to get you. And not every rejection is going to happen the way you thought. And there's actually more good things happening out there than there are bad. So it was, it was very interesting. I would highly recommend We had a good time. The, the staff and two of our interns got to go, and uh, um, I, I think we are better people as a result of it. This morning is going to be a little bit of a, a different format, so just kind of be ready. A couple things you need to do is, I think we might change the age groupings, but at least if you're 12 and under, have a Bible ready. If you need a Bible, there's a few there. We're going to do a little sword drill during our our message time, and so the, the scriptures that are going to be read, you're going to talk about. Aaron's going to help me with that in just a minute, and uh, I, I want you guys to respond f- with me for a little bit, but the first thing is that, that I want you to, to, to base our sermon today on truth, and you've seen this verse before, and we've used it before, but on the screen, I'd like you to say this with me. Let's say it out loud. Here we go. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. We're going to talk this morning about Acts 13 to, to 20, a passage out of the book, and we're not going to go through all of those chapters, but the thing that we find in these chapters this morning is the idea of missions. And, and so there are some of you today that understand missions very well. Uh, you get it. In fact, there are people here today that, that were missionaries, and they could tell you a little bit about how God's call came in their life, and they had a chance to, to serve Him in a, in a very unique situation, and God did some great things. And, and Love to have you get to know them. That would be fun. And I won't mention any names, but Troy and Cheryl Johnson are the ones I was talking about, and they're, uh, they're right there. But anyway, um, exciting. Um, okay, so here's some questions. I've got a few questions for you this morning, so, so feel free. This is first for the entire group. When something good happens to you, what's your reaction? 
Okay, this is going to help us as we go. Something good happens to you, what's your reaction? Smile. Yay. Rejoice. Yes. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Tell other people. Who said that? Laura. Oh, my goodness. You're right here. I'm going to write you down. I'm going to give you a star. So when it's something life-changing, what do you do? Your life's been changed. What do you do? Post it on Instagram. (laughs) So how do you spell that? (laughs) Yeah. What else? Something life-changing happened to you. What are you going to do with that? Share it with others. Absolutely. I don't have to belabor that. When Christ came into your heart and your life, what did you do? So Christ came into your life. What did you do with that? Do you remember? Rejoice. What else? Thanks, Marcy. You shared it with others. These are pretty easy questions. I didn't want to give you two tough ones because I was afraid you'd go, I don't know the answer. You, you shared it with others. And, and the good news that, that happened in your heart and your life became such an important part of what you did and what you do that you couldn't wait to tell those that you love the most around you, hey, you can't believe what happened. Here's my life and here's what, what, what God did. And, and it, it's kind of, this morning as we look at the early church in Acts, we realize, and we've, we've gone through a lot of unique passages already to get to this point. But we realize that this, this group of apostles who were charged with taking the message of Jesus to a world that had never heard it in a way that when Jesus left it was, was taken to be at the, seated at the right hand of the throne of God, they had this ability to share with the world what it meant to know Jesus. Our world has an interesting perspective. One of the greatest classes that I ever have, have ever participated in in my life was a class in college called Cultural Anthropology. And it was taught by a guy who was extremely <clears throat> excited. He was a very dedicated teacher. I loved taking his classes. And the whole purpose of the class was to take the message of the gospel and see how it would relate to other cultures all over the world. Now, some of you are sitting here this morning and saying, well, it's very simple. You just take the message that Jesus loves you, and then he forgives you, and then he's got a great plan for you, and you go across the world. But my particular job was to take and write about a tribe in New Guinea where the the chief of the tribe, the head of the tribe, his whole goal was the reason he became the the chief of the tribe is by how many wives he had. It's going to be a little tough to fit into Western theology. And so I'm supposed to pop in with my message about Jesus and say, you're supposed to be married to one man to one woman. And all of a sudden, I've got this whole tribe looking at me like, why would I want to know Jesus? The whole point is, is to have a position of authority and significance, and here's what I'm supposed to do. And so it really challenged me to write this paper, and, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because all the mores and all the things that they had in this tribe were completely different than what I, was, I had grown up to believe. I remember speaking for the first time in uh, Nairobi at the African Gospel Good Shepherd Church. And I remember coming in and seeing a group of people, and, I, and, I, and Patrick at that time asked me to speak for both services. The first service was through uh, uh, his pastor, John, who was an interpreter, and I spoke to a group of people, and that was probably my second time to speak through an interpreter. And, and I kept thinking, okay, I'm in Nairobi, Kenya, and these people face, a lot of them ride the bus to come to church. And as they ride the bus, they know that it's very dangerous to get to church. And I'm thinking about back here in America, and I'm thinking to myself, if I knew that it was dangerous to go to church and ride a bus, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't ride the bus. So we get into this, uh, this packed church, and the first service was kind of fun, and I shared this message that I thought the Lord had laid on my heart again, the whole time wondering, how do people in Nairobi, Kenya, understand what the gospel means, and what are they, how are they going to react to it? And here's the great news. 
Every Sunday I come here, I wonder the same thing here. And it's not my responsibility, it's the Holy Spirit's. And he has a chance to take exactly where you're living, and, and it's fun to listen to how he works in your heart and your life and, say, and, and says to you, hey, this is where I want you to, to, re, to really pay attention and to, to begin to change your life. So as we shared the message that, that morning, um, several people came to me, and I'll never forget one lady came after the second service, very affluent, nicely dressed lady, came up to me and she said, Brother John, I, I, I was great, she, and she could speak English, she said, Brother John, your message today was for me. And so I, I kind of looked at her, and I said, well, that's great. No, she goes, you don't, need, you don't understand. She said, your message today was for me, and I want you to know that you've changed my life through the message of God by sharing about his love and joy and purpose. And she said, I never really felt like I had it living here in Nairobi. That's a pretty basic message. That's a pretty basic principle. I mean, I feel like we all know that, but here I was standing right next to this gal just in awe because that's what the Holy Spirit spoke to her about. I had a, I've had the privilege to speak at the ranch a number of times, and I've had a lot of fun sharing with this group of people, and I'm sharing this with you today because we're going to build our foundation today around missions, around sending, the instance of going or sending, that's what missions is about, but we're going to see how the early church had to decide, what are we going to do? We've got this great life-changing message. It's really affected us. We've seen the power of the Holy Spirit do amazing things. We've got to share that with other people. And I'll just say this carefully this morning. I feel like that's an area that sometimes I lose because I'm so comfortable how I live. And I realize there are people right around me that need to see and hear and know his love. So at the ranch, it, it amazed me because here's a group of people who have trusted God. The ranch has been there forever, since the late 70s. And there's this chance for, for God to work, and he's worked in miraculous ways. And these people understand it. And they live very appreciative lives, and they are very, uh, they're, they're, I mean, they, they, deal with, they deal with a group of homes where these, these kids, that's their home. Most of them have not seen their families, and yet there's this joy that's represented because of what Jesus has done in their lives. The first probably 10 to 12 years I went there, they had devotions as a staff every morning at 5.30. And I'm thinking, you guys worked so hard all day long, and they, were, they loved it. They could not wait to get up at 5.30. They had prayer times. They prayed for the ranch kids. They prayed for their outreach, and they just had such a focus. And that went on every day, almost all year long. The thing that, uh, that challenges me the most is, where have I lost this joy and this passion to take this message. Real quickly before we move on, um, we come to Acts and we see the early church, they're seeing lives change daily. As people not only heard about Christ, but they saw changed lives. I would say to you that that is one of the goals of Mountain View today in a very positive and very real way, to take the message of Jesus to a world that needs to see us not only talk about it, but live it. And as, it doesn't matter where we go. People that you least expect, and we prayed a couple weeks ago about that one person, and you guys put it on the cross, a lot of you that I've been praying through, that one person that you just think is almost impossible to come to know Jesus, and you know the power of the Holy Spirit is going to reach out and, and get a hold of them. And the, the answers were great. But sometimes we get stuck in a rut, and here came the early church, and suddenly they realized this is such a huge movement. This is something that is changing the world, and it's, it's having such a, an impact that we got to take that out and share his love with the people around us, but they weren't really sure how to do it. I read through uh, 
one of the commentaries that, that somebody had loaned me through the book of Acts, by, it's called a Baker Exegetical Commentary. And one of the things they said is when, when the church came, they prayed and they came up with a plan, the first organized missions trip covered 895 miles. It's 15 miles a day, quick stops to spread the message of salvation. And the apostles were excited and said, this is exactly what we need to do. I think there are some times, and again, I'm being careful here, that we're afraid to even tell our family members who don't have a relationship with Jesus what it means to sense his love and his joy and his, his fulfillment in our lives. We're, we're afraid because we're afraid if we say anything, we've been told by society that we're going to be uh, labeled as intolerant and prejudiced. And I want you to know today that, and, and we see it in, in the book of Acts, the message from God is that he is not, he is open to all people, and he loves us all, and he's got a plan for us all, and for us to, to step back, we lose that opportunity. This morning, I need my buddy Big A here for me. We're going to do a little bit of a, a sword drill, and as we do this sword drill, I'm going to tell you, so Aaron, you want to kind of, uh, you can set the first age group for me and kind of tell us what we're going to do. You're going to read the verse, and then we're going to listen to you. We're not even going to put it on the screen today. That's how important you are. All right, so we have some kids in our service today, and we want to include them. And so, kids, if you grew up on an iPad or a phone, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to do this. We need Bibles with paper in them. Um, and so, uh, kids, if you have your Bible, the first one we're going to do is for, uh, for 10 and under. So if you are 10 and under, grab a Bible, okay? You get a sucker if you win this. And parents, if you could help, if you want to help, like if your kids are... are too nervous to read out loud or something, you can help read it. But kids, you're going to look for this verse, and if you find it and you're the first one, I want you to stand up or make some noise, bark like a dog, do something to show me that you found it. And, and you need you. to be like, you need to be there. You got to have your finger on it, not just like the general book. Okay, you guys, you guys know what we're doing? Okay, so this is old school. It's called a sword drill. So kids, get your swords ready. I, I want you to have your Bibles closed, so close them this time, okay? All the way closed, okay? So you guys are going to look for Mark chapter 9. Go. Mark chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Mark 9, 37 and 38. Ten and under for this one. Okay. Mark oh. 9. You can use your table of contents. You can elbow your neighbor to make them drop their Bible. Not really. Right here? You got it? Okay. We've got a winner. Let's see. You want to read? You want mom to read? Memphis? Is he there? Mark 9, 37, 38. Okay, I'm just going to go on record as telling you that's the wrong passage and it's my fault. <laughs> he still gets a sucker. Matthew, Matthew, give her a sucker and, and kick me out. That is unbelievable. Here's the sad thing. When you get along in years, you can't even read your own handwriting. And I realized after the bulletins, were, it's Matthew 9. But okay. that was a great verse. Do you want to tell them what that one's about? Thanks, Donna. You okay. just read that one. Give her another sucker. This is great. Oh, my goodness. Donna earns a sucker on this. Yes. Here we go. Yeah, give Yes. Yeah, 
Nice work. Nice yeah, job. Good job. Thank you. That makes way more sense. Okay. Real We're going to do another one. Oh, real quickly, as you it? think about that, the, the early church was faced with the fact that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so they begin to organize this group of people and say, hey, we need to take this message to a group of people that have never heard. Think about that in your own lives. Let's go to the next one. Okay. This one, you guys can open your Bibles. You can, you can guess. You can get somewhere. Okay. I'm going to give you a hint that it's in the New Testament. That's towards the back. Same age. 10 and under, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. 10 and under, Romans 10, 13. Romans 10, 13. Make some noise, stand up, wiggle around. Mila, can you do it? Mila's, Mila's got, got it. it. You, you want, want your mom to read, read it? Is she there? She's right there. Okay, Mila's got it. Thank you. Good question. That hurt. The point is, thank you, by the way. Good job, Mila and Candy. Thank you. That's the message. Everyone who called on the Lord will be saved. That's something you and I need to drill into our hearts and our minds today as we see the people around us that we love the most, that we work with, that we live with. It's the message we want to share with them. This is very basic, but you're going to catch it. Let's go to the next one. All right, the last one. In this particular area. For this 10 and under, Acts 16.10. Acts 16, verse 10. Acts 16, verse 10. Nice work. Good job. Thanks, Anya. That's awesome. I want you to hear that. We're not done yet, Aaron. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, nice job, buddy. I appreciate it. You're great. Thanks a lot. Okay. Okay. Here, let me give you a sucker. <laughs> um, we, uh, we're called by God to share this message, and, and I want you to catch that because some of you today are hearing a still small voice, and we don't talk about this very often. But God is asking you specifically to share the message that Jesus saves to your world. And so he's going to give you not only the, the umption, but he's going to come right around alongside you and give you the words to share. And I don't want to take that lightly because we have a world that needs to hear about Jesus. Okay, there's a need. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. There's a call. God wants us to share his message. And there is salvation. Webster calls it the act or instance of sharing. And the question I have this morning before we move to the next one is, where has he sent you and I to share? Where has he sent us? Okay, here. The second one's called the presentation. And Aaron's going to give us a, a, a verse here that we can begin in our sword drill. All right, this is for 13 and under. 13 and I like under. It. Okay. Okay, Bible's Ooh. closed. Bible's closed. Acts 10.36. Acts 10.36. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Hannah. Acts 10, 36, 13 under, Okay. Right oh, miss, sorry, Annie. Okay, Bryn, you got it? Awesome. She gets a second. The message, yes. The message is the good news of peace through Christ. Okay, now this is going to be a little different for you. Some of you have come today and you're, I mean... We love our kids, so we're, we're making this as meaningful for them as we can. But you begin to catch this message this morning, which is the good news of peace through Christ is something that we experience 
and we share with others. That's missions, and that's what they're, they're dealing with. Okay, next one, big A. All right, 13 and under, close your Bibles. Acts 14.3, Acts 14.3. That's what I like. All right. That's a great Bible. Go ahead and read it. (laughs) Thanks. Good job, Hannah. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Come on. Here's the interesting thing about that passage of Scripture. You think about it, he spent, they spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. Sometimes miraculous signs and wonders are simply things that you can share with the people that you love about how he changed your life. That's a miraculous sign because they'll know you. And you can literally say to them, hey, this is what Jesus has done in my life. He's changed my whole outlook. I remember recently talking to a, a young man who accepted Christ and he said, my cynicism and my whole doubt on life has changed drastically since I came to know Jesus. That's awesome. Aaron, next one. All right, last one for the presentation. Close your Bibles. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I have a lot of stuff in there. Matthew 28. 18 through 20. I like it. Okay. We'll give it to Brent. Thank you. We we need to share points, things that point others to Jesus. And that's what he began to to realize. The Great Commission is it's an opportunity for all of us to take a message that Jesus saves to our world. The productivity is our next one. Let's go to the, the next verse. We, I kind of All right, this is it. for everyone. Still like no it. phones or iPads or whatever, though. You got to have paper. Got to have paper. Sorry. Uh, all right, so everyone, close your Bibles. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. The adults are probably more afraid to read than the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, Jesse, right here. You're having a kid read it? Yeah, okay. I had a babe. <laughs> Go ahead, Bella. Acts 4.13. Good job, Bella. Man, she even caught that. Nice job. I'm really impressed. They saw ordinary men. And, and so, again, I want to catch this real quickly before we move on. You and I feel like there's got to be something amazing that we have to share with people. We talked earlier, a few weeks ago, about the power of change, not the power to change. You and I have the power to change through the Holy Spirit, but the power of change comes from a personal relationship with God. He is the power of change. And so as He comes into our hearts and our lives, He begins to give us things to say, help us enjoy life in a a way, begin to share with people what's meaningful to us, and that power of change gives us the chance for them to go, wow, that's just an ordinary person that's sharing with me about the relationship with Jesus. That's part of missions. We step out and we show what he's done. Next one, Aaron. All right, for everyone, you can have your Bibles open wherever you want. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Bryn, got it? We got it. Hey. Let's take number two. <laughs> She's going to suffer anyway. Somebody else there? That hasn't won. 
Okay, All great. Right. Go ahead, Adela. Good job. So ask, seek, and knock. Again, I have the privilege of sharing with a group of people this morning that may have come in looking for a specific answer in your life. And you see here that, that we shared that verse with you. You can ask, and you can seek, and you knock, and the door will be open. So two things I see out of that. One, that's an opportunity for us today to find him. And two, that's the opportunity for us to share with those we love so they can find him. Good thought. I think this is, is this the last one? Yes, last one. For anyone, Acts 14.1. You should be good at getting to Acts. <laughs> Bella, you got it? Okay. Nice job. Those are big words. Nice job. Thanks, Aaron. Stop there. Good job. The last thing that I want to carry over from this thought is this, and it's a, it's a phrase, they spoke so effectively that a great number believed. I, I want you to catch with me this morning, and we have just a few minutes as we're, we're finishing here this morning, to realize that what God does in our lives by sending us, His Son Jesus to the world, who died for our sins and then rose again and gives us the ability to accept Him and receive forgiveness, there's this great opportunity that we can speak effectively, and it might just be the way we live, to people around us. One of the books that I used years ago, it's, it's a book called I Hate Witnessing. And I'm not sure if it's on there or not, but I think I put a quote up there. Listen, this is, the guy's name is Dick Ennis. I, I, for some reason, forgot his name. But he says this, We share our faith because we have had an experience with the Creator that has made a change in our lives. Many do not share their faith to do so for the simple reason they have no faith to share or that their faith has lost its fire. It's difficult to share what you don't have. The builders, which are the generation behind me, I'm the boomers, the builders are the ones, when they became excited about the world, this is age 64 and above, um, they got excited about this message of God so much they formed all kinds of missions organizations. They were builders. And so they saw a need in this country, and they saw a need in this country, and they began to say, hey, we will give the money, and then people would feel the call of God, and they would go, and we had missionary societies all over the world. Today, one of the most, one of the countries that has the most missionaries working with them is the United States, because the world's looking at us saying, we've lost our faith, we've lost that desire to share our faith. And that concerns me in the sense that, that I want to have that faith, but it also reminds me this morning as we finish our time together, looking at the book of Acts and missions, to say to the Lord, first of all, where's my faith? Is it on fire? Am I doing things that... that I, I see every day I've got this passion for you, or have I become so used to the way the world deals with me that I've just kind of sunk into a rut and I do nothing with it? We share faith because we've not had, we had an experience with the Creator that's changed our lives. Do you have a personal testimony? Do you have a testimony where you could say, when anybody comes to you and says, how do you know Jesus? You begin to, I, I did a, it's a, the, the Campus Crusade three minutes or less rule, you've, we've talked about this before, we've had some classes. In fact, I'd like to reintroduce it in, this, in the wintertime with the oppor opportunity just to write your testimony so that when somebody comes to you, you've got the ability to share with them right away about the change in your life. I can still do it in three minutes. I did it about a year and a half ago. I had somebody time me, and I just shared a little bit of the testimony that God has given me. I've also taken 45 minutes. One time at our youth rally, I, I shared my testimony in 45 minutes. That was even long for me. But what I want you to hear today is that we have our lives changed by him, and we have the opportunity to share with people. Now, I stand before you as I finish this morning, 
And uh, I'm going to give you a, a slide in just a minute. But, but I want you to know that one of the things that God wants to do through us and in us is to give us the joy of Jesus. And I know for a fact that there are people that have walked in the, the door this morning hurting from things that you are facing in life. And so I want to give you the chance to, to be reminded that that joy that he gives us is the ability not only to ask him to help us through those situations, but to live our lives for him. Because life is far too short to constantly be drugged down and weighed down and burdened by the things that we always struggle with. We have the resource. And the, er, the early church understood that, and they sent that resource out. And, and as you read through those, those chapters, please do 13 through 20, you'll see that even Paul and Barnabas and Paul and, and John Mark had problems, and they began to have a difference of opinion as how they would share the message. And, and they even had some times where they, they split off and went different directions, but they still went. We used to bring a, a, somebody to camp every year when I first started youth ministry. And his whole purpose was to take 15 minutes in one of the services and to talk about a full-time call to ministry. Because here was this room full of teenagers, and their chance, they were looking at, hey, what does God want to do in me? What does God want to do through me? And they would come every year. And then about 10 years into it, it just didn't seem to fit anymore. And so we changed it a little bit. And we would challenge, we'd ask our speakers to come in and say, hey, would you include a call to full-time ministry? And so they did, rather than bring somebody in specifically. And I looked this morning. August 11th, 2019, and I ask myself this question. What is it that God's asking me to do? As I was working through my quiet time this week, I asked myself, when's the last time, John, you shared personally with somebody about Jesus? When did you specifically hear yourself, hey, say to this person, would you like to know Jesus as your personal Savior? You had a meaningful and a significant spiritual conversation. And I'll bet it's been three months, and that bothered me. And it's not that I'm going to walk down the street in Oregon City and I'm going to force my opinion on anybody. It's that that joy and that changed life in me needs to be so evident that as people come and engage in conversation, it works into our conversation at some point. And I pray that for you today because I believe that, that you and I are put strategically in the environment that we live in to share about the changed life. So here's how I want to finish before the band comes. First of all, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Has anybody ever ever heard the question, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Because this morning, he will come into your heart and life, and he will change your life and forgive you of your sins and give you a chance to not only live today for him, but for eternity. That's the first group. And then the second group that I want to have a chance to kind of respond as we sing our closing song is this. Have you lost that passion of a changed life and realized that God has now more than ever an important place for you to live and people that you need to love and share with so they can begin to see you? And that's what we call missions and sharing with people. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you today for sending your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being present here. And I pray right now that as you are dealing with us, as your still small voices sharing with us today about areas that you want to fill us with your love and your presence and your strength in, that we will simply say yes. And then, Lord, that you will give us a chance to to seek somebody out even after the service and come and and maybe have a time of prayer together as we just see you do some amazing things. Lord, I know there are burdens here today. They were shared already as we've come in the door this morning. And I know there are things that, that we're carrying and that we're struggling with and that we're concerned about and that we're worried about and anxious about. And your word tells us to, uh, to just give it to you so the peace that surpasses all comprehension will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, Lord, there are some people that you want us to share your love with, and we can't wait. Open our eyes, lift up our countenance and our 
our mindset, open our, our hearts as we begin to say, Lord, what is it you want to do in and through me? Thanks, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Are this. The first one is, is, I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as a congregation this morning, and I'm excited about that. And I feel like he's saying something to you, so my, my encouragement to you is to respond, because he's got something he wants to deal with you right today, and that's awesome. The second thing is I, I want you to know that I'm very encouraged by our sword drill, and I love our kids. You guys have encouraged me because you know your word, you can read it, and you're not afraid of it, and we talk about just boldly speaking out, so thank you for doing that. We're really glad you're a part of our family. You are why we're here. The Lord bless you all as you go this week. I'm excited because God's going to send us out, and he's going to be able to have people see that changed part of our lives as they come to know him. God bless you. You are dismissed.